When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. I have the great folks from Axon Tire and I got Paige Seek here with us. Paige, how you doing? I'm doing good, Casey. How are you? No, I can't complain any, Paige. How are things uh, up there in uh, in the great northern God's country of black soil up there where you're at? Honestly, they're they're pretty good. We had a nice day today. It was like sunny and 70 by noon. Um, but we're getting a little bit of rain moving in. But I mean, I can't complain. It's not six inches of snow, so I'm not mad about it. Yeah, we haven't we're we're lucky that we haven't had that. April typically is one of our more snowy months, and we haven't had that knock on wood. I mean, we've still got a couple of days to go, but uh yeah, I really we haven't had that. So yeah. I hope I can jinx us, so we'll see. I'll keep you updated. I'm knocking on wood, though, so I'm not going to jinx anybody. So that's, <laughs> that's that's the good part there. Um, Paige, you've been been busy April here for you guys, so talk a little bit about what you have going on at Axel Tire right now. Yeah, so on the marketing side of things, we did just, I guess we've just been working on um, our family of company's brand that we just launched. So a lot of website development. Um, we launched what's called CFI Solutions, um, which it goes CFI Solutions, and then we have Axon, and then CFI uh, Tire Service, which is just our Iowa 
um, business. And then we also have our CFI tire and wheel, which is our wholesale business. Um, so we basically just made a family overall arching brand of all three of those companies. Um, we marketing team really has just been working on that. Um, going into May, I think we're going to work on some digital strategies with all three of those teams. Um, so it's not going to get any less busy, but it's, it's been really good. So we're excited. Keep shouting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right on. All right. Well, who do we have with us today? Uh, we have Mr. Mike Diener, who is joining us, and he is our outside client advisor for the Northeast Territory. Um, and then we also have uh, Clint Berardi, who is our, was central, but now moving to Iowa and Illinois, because those are two very busy states. So he's covering those, and that's what we have. Right on. Well, Mike and Clint, how you guys been, man? Been a little bit since we had a chance to talk. Good, Casey. Good to see you. Good, man. Good. Well, let's, uh, we had a podcast before the podcast here, so we can kind of run that down, but we had a few things we were bouncing around and, and I love talking about tracks. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. We kind of, we kind of hit on that a little bit with a lot of different stuff. When you start looking at machine performance, availability, all those different things that come into play when you start playing with tracks. So Clint, start with you first in your area, covering Iowa and Illinois, um, track machines have gotten more popular, especially when you start looking at the four track system that are out there, whether it's a deer, um, nine uh, or X, eight or X, or whether you're looking at a case quad track or something like that, or even those, uh, half track things that you're looking with new Holland and case that they've got going on. You start looking at those systems. As you look at those systems out there now and the customers you're dealing with, what are some of the things you're hearing about as far as supply goes? Well, um, that's a lot packaged in that, Casey. Um, so I'll start with uh, <laughs> one big question. <laughs> there you go. Um, so um, in, in my area, Iowa and Illinois, I mean, you've got, as far as the track machine coverage, north central Iowa, like we talked earlier, um, probably 90% tracks um, in some areas up there, um, both tillage and planning tractor setups. Um, but you don't have to go very far south and you start seeing it get more to probably a 50-50 mix. Um, and then as you get Southern Iowa, mostly probably the opposite of, you know, less track machines. Yeah. Um, and then in Illinois, I mean, it really, for being mostly flat, it's quite a, a mix. Um, I don't know if they have, I mean, I'm sure some counties and areas would have a higher, a lot higher track usage rate than others, but um, it really is it's an interesting thing to, to watch because different soil types, different you know, the way guys look at compaction and performance in the field things. Um, so we, there's no right or wrong way. I don't think to do it. It's really the application and what guys like. And, um, while we're on the track thing, it was, um, I'm just thinking of all the big, um, uh, construction guys that we've got in our area. And the last 15 years, the amount of um, quad tracks or four track rubber track machines that you're seeing doing um, scraping and construction application has definitely gone up um, whether it's a cost per hour thing or a speed thing um, you know I'm, I'm sure it's some of both but um, yeah it's it's been an interesting um, ride in the track world the last 10 years and um, so yeah it's yep so mike when your your area especially i mean you get up to like wisconsin minnesota uh michigan and those areas where um 
field conditions aren't necessarily as great as they could be in, in some other places in the spring. And you start looking at um, some, some of the tillage applications and those kind of things. Track machines are uh, even a bigger deal up in your neck of the woods. Yeah, we have a really good mix, um, especially in Ohio as well. Um, yeah. It's, it's uh, like you say, some of the soil conditions aren't as great, especially in central Wisconsin. It's quite soupy and, and uh, so yeah, that you know, quite a few of them. Yeah, I'd say it's closer, probably more to seventy-five percent. Um, there seems to be a, there's a lot of smaller fields. The so roading is a is a big issue. Yeah, yeah. And I think one two one of the things I've been noticing a lot here, probably in the last three years, where I've really noticed more than anything is the amount of track applications that are getting put on implements, whether you're looking at grain carts or whether you're looking at planters, whatever that is, a lot more of those track um, applications are getting put on a lot of things. I, I love track machines. It's like my favorite thing on the planet to see track machines out in the field. And you see a, a track machine pulling a, you know, 2000 bushel grain cart with tracks on it too. That's even the coolest thing on the planet on top of that. So what do you, what do you see in there? Um, even on, even some guys are just, you know, they're all their tractors are wheeled there. You're starting to see more track applications on grain carts, especially. So Clint, in your area where, you know, we're talking a, a bigger, uh, kind of cross section of, of corn and soybeans than anywhere else on the planet. So, I mean, are you seeing some of that pop up there where you're starting to see more track, uh, grain carts and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. I would say there's, um, yeah, there's no question it, that increasing in popularity. I um, was talking to a dealer well, a few weeks back now, and he told me that a, a big new track green cart's over $200,000 now. Yeah, they're expensive. You know, I, I remember when $100,000 green cart was a big yeah. deal, you know. Yep. Um, so, it, but, you know, there, there's a reason. I mean, the guys are paying that. They're, they're seeing the results, the capacity. I mean, you look at some of these new combines, you know, we're starting to see more X9s in yeah. Iowa and Illinois, especially, you know, the capacity they've got to keep up and, and handle it and, um, you know, the, the workload. And so, um, but yeah, I, I would agree that, you know, we're, we haven't seen it probably as much on planners, um, although there are some out there. Um, some of the early tracks had some issues with road speed and they had to yeah. slow them down quite a bit. So um, if they get that figured out, I, I'm sure we'll probably continue to see some of that. And then you're going to see guys that have tried it and it didn't really work for them and they're sticking to tires. So, yep. Yep. It's another thing, Mike, I, I get in your area too, where I see a lot more of the stuff being sold than anywhere else is the track applications on combines where you're starting to see that instead of having the big duels on the front, they'll have some, you know, 30 inch or a 36 inch track system on the front of that. Um, again, you look at some of the weights of some of these machines and you're starting to really kind of shake your head a little bit. You know, you got to, an X9 combine out there fully loaded with, uh, with a head on the front and, and, you know, 450 bushels of corn in it. You got almost a hundred thousand pound machine, if not over a hundred thousand pound machine, those tracks start to make a lot more sense when you start looking at compaction, footprint, slippage, all those stuff that come into play there. So I guess, what are you seeing on that front in your area? Yeah, we don't, we don't see a, um, a huge ton of those really large um, combines, but there is a few out there in, in with the tracks that, um, you know, spreading that weight out really does really, really help. Yeah. So. Makes a difference. Yeah. So Clint, you seeing something similar to that in your area with, with the, with the combines? 
Yeah. Um, again, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty good mix. I mean, you have guys that, um, you know, prefer, would prefer a track. Um, I think it's probably what about over a hundred thousand dollar upgrade or a track combine now. So it's a substantial price tag. Um, so if the guys, you know, have, have weighed that and, you know, are, are going and, and they're okay with that. Um, and you, and the guys that are track guys generally will pay that to have it. Um, but at, I would say we still, as far as combines alone, would probably have a larger mix still of, of, um, of wheel machines. Um, but, but yeah, definitely, definitely a number of track machines out there. The combine duels is another thing that you get, you know, you get, you see some of the combine duel situation that that's always been there, but it feels like to me, there's a little bit more thought process of maybe going over to a, a bigger single and, and going down like, like a, like a 900 LSW or something like that. And, and trying to, instead of putting on duels, maybe going down just one bigger tire and you see some 1200s out there, not as often as you would see, but you see a lot more, um, low sidewall tire kind of fall into that, that combine dual situation. So I guess Clint, when you're looking at that, where are you seeing that come into play and are you having those kind of conversations with folks? Yeah. Um, and the, the reason I think you are starting to see that is, um, you know, a lot of guys, the dual thing was um, big 15, 20 years ago, cause you could still get a, a, a dual down a 30 inch row, you know, you can right. put a 20.8 or a 520. Yep. Um, but with the size of the machines now, um, being able to carry that weight, um, there's less tire options out there in that narrower row width to handle the weight capacity. So you've had, you've seen a larger dual, um, come out and then you're running you're back to running over the row so then guys say well if i'm running over the row can i do it with a with a single 1250 right um and some guys you know that's it depending on like hill ground we see guys a lot of guys like to stick with the duels for the extra stability um but then you get into western iowa and then the hillco machines and they they like to run the 1250 singles again so it just is it's kind of all over i wish there was a uh method to right, to method. figuring it out or to stay yeah to stay ahead of it but it's it really comes back to preference um yeah. but yeah um yeah so mike when you're looking at that flotation wise i mean you're looking at duels on combines you're looking at singles like what what's is there any one of those that are gaining ground more than the other or is it still pretty much a, a dueled up combine is kind of the the norm dueled up combines pretty much the norm um some of the areas are covered pretty, they run pretty narrow. So they'll run a uh, set of narrow duels. Yeah. We have, a, we have a couple different options on that. We'll to get behind some of the smaller heads as well. But, um, you know, when a lot of the guys, you know, some of the hills there on the side of the hills, of, you know, they like the, uh, the stability of a, right. of a duel. Yep. That's the, uh, that's where a lot of guys and, and, you know, I grew up in Kansas. So there's, um, some pretty flat places out there, but there's a lot of a lot of hilly country too, where you can get that. And that's it. Always kind of comes back to that. I wouldn't mind just running one single, but the stability issue that you that you talk to a lot of guys about, and that's what they're that's what they're running into is that I, I yeah, like that, it, the stability side of it. When it gets wet as well, the duels tend to tend to stick a little bit better to the hillside. Yeah. As well. Yep. Yep. Um, we were talking about sprayers, you know, we got sprayer EOPs coming up here, opening up here uh, a month earlier than normal, but looking at that, um, 
you know, flotation tires are always a big part of that, that sprayer conversation. Clint, as you look at that right now, I mean, what are you seeing with, with sprayer, sprayer, the you talk sprayer floats because some of these sprayers now are getting to be no joke. I mean, you're talking about some, you know, 50, 60,000 pound machines running around out there, uh, fully loaded. Uh, that's a different tire conversation than what we've had in the past. Yes, for sure. Um, that will run 40 miles an hour yeah. down the road and, uh, yeah. and 20 mile an hour in the field, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, it, it is, it's, it's been an interesting, um, thing uh been a lot of changes um on pretty much all major manufacturers that redesign the legs redesigned hubs um we've had a number of calls this spring already the guys that had a two-year-old heggy tried to you know keep their old floats because the bolt pattern was the same and that they went to put the old ones on the new machine and it didn't work so uh, i i would encourage listeners you know if you're looking at trading machines do your research on um you know, what, what the hubs and the differences that have happened in the last couple of years. Um, and we're seeing a larger a trend, I guess, going to larger, larger diameter floats, you know, the 650, yeah. 6538 used to be kind of the go-to for everybody um, on the mid-sized machines. And I think there's only a couple of manufacturers now, um, maybe some more, but um, deer, the mid-sized deers and the Miller um, are pretty much the two normal, I guess, or regular, um, that you would still see a 650 use. Everyone else has gone to a 46 inch requirement. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of changes. And with that, you know, a set of floats that you used to pay 10, 11, 12,000 for, you go to the 46 inch are well over 20,000 now. Yeah. So double the price. And, um, yeah. About a set of 800s for a, for a guy. Um, and not because that's what we wanted because that was what was available. And, it was a 616R that they got put on, and I was like, man, this is going to look like freaking Bigfoot out there with these. And actually, it, it looked pretty good. I mean, <laughs> the, the size of the machine, the size of the tires kind of went together, and I, I was shocked when I got when they got put on there that it didn't look like some just crazy, you know, cartoonish type of deal. But it was, it was amazing how the size of the machine, the size of the tires, how they came together. And, but to be honest with you, I think I got some – some VF tires, 800 VF tires that went on them. And it made, it really made a world of difference on how that machine operated in the field. Because I think if I did went with just regular 800s and not, not the VF or even an IF situation that it would have made a huge difference. And I, I tell you what, man, I tell you, having that conversation with guys about IF versus VF versus just standard tire. Um, it's amazing how, when you start having that conversation of I'm not paying you know, an extra $15,000 to get IF tires or VF tires or whatever it is. I'm like, well, you should really think about it. And you start going through those things and showing studies and those kind of things. And it's amazing how fast that conversation goes from you're crazy to, well, I guess you're kind of making some sense. And talk a little bit about that. You Clint or Mike, you want to be just kind of where, what, what success you're having with that, that conversation when you start talking about tire technology. You can go ahead, Mike, if you want. Yeah. Um, we all know that you know the old bias tire, and then it went to the radials, and then it was kind of stalled out for quite some time for technology, and then the IF and VF. It's just it, it's actually amazing the advantages for the for the VF. Um, you know, spreading out that compaction, and then as well, you know, you can haul a lot more weight and it's a lot more stability, especially in a sprayer. You don't have that wobble or anything like that. 
uh, it's, 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 it's a big difference. Um, especially that, you know, running the correct air pressure is one of the bigger things. Yep. Especially some of these machines now that they're coming from, they're coming with, um, inflation systems on them, you know, where you can, yep. you can take the, take the air pressure down when you're in the field working and, and bring it back up when you're going down the road to have a better, a better, you know, drive and, and, you know, like you said, more weight and you can do a lot more things with it. So tire technology thing is getting to be a bigger deal. And I, I try to, when I order tires from the factory, I always try to order an IF or a VF tire just because I think it gives you so much more options of how, how your machine can op- operate in the field because you're you're doing a lot more. Like you said, if you need, if the conditions get a little uh, mucky of sort and you, you need to let some air pressure out so you got a bigger footprint so you can spread out a little bit more and have get in the field sooner, you have that option, but you don't have to put half the load on the machine. You can still keep it as as you would if you know completely uh, aired up tires and stuff like you would on a regular uh, regular radial tire i think um more and more people are kind of really coming over to that and really starting to see that um again it's talking about hundred thousand pound combines and 60 and seventy thousand pound four-wheel drives i mean that tire situation is going to make all the difference in the world on you know if you can't get the horsepower to the ground it doesn't matter how much horsepower you got. You got to have the right situation, the right setup. And I think, to me, I think that that IFVF technology is really giving you that opportunity to to fine tune that even better than you could with just letting air pressure out on your on your regular radial tires. Yeah. No, um, one thing, Casey, on that point, I tell I tell guys, especially um, your commercial guys or custom guys that are working for other people. Um, you know, primarily that, you know, that's an upsell to your customers as well. Hey, we run the top technology tires. We're going to put less compaction in your fields. Um, you know, as a land owner, you know, you, you have an upsell there that we're, we're going to be running 20 to 40% less than the guy that's air pressure than the guy that doesn't have these or is not willing to spend that money. Um, and, and there's an upsell um, there for, for your customers. If, if you're dialed in on that and, Mm-hmm. Um, you have your equipment set up and your tire pressure set correctly, as Mike mentioned. Yep. Yep. So I guess we can <clears throat> talk about a little bit about supply and what you guys are seeing out there from that perspective on the, what we're seeing out on my end, you know, on looking at the equipment business side of it, we're getting, uh, we're having a lot more machines show up now than we had this time last year. Obviously, I mean, we had hardly anything show up this time last year and now we're getting that that flux of stuff's coming in now. And, and uh, I think we're going to continue to see that to grow throughout the rest of the year. What are you guys seeing on your side, as far as supply goes from your manufacturers? Well, it's interesting that here we are, what a, almost exactly or a little over three years after, after COVID and we're still talking about supply. Talking about supply yeah. issues. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. um, but no, I'd say it's, it's definitely improved. We're nowhere near to where we were. Yep. Um, I think a lot of our, our tire manufacturers, we saw a big, influx there towards the end of the year um, with some of the production getting caught up and lead times dropping and um, seeing, you know, your container rates and shipping costs come down a little bit. So um, it's, it's getting better, um, but it's still in in some good ways, I guess, to try to be positive about it. It's made guys plan a little bit better. We're having conversations, you know, now with, you mentioned the, the EOP program, forecasting you know getting with guys ahead of the season hey what are you guys going to need what sizes do we need to bring in and it's just it's helped with organization and planning a lot better um in that regard just because if you want it you got to know ahead of time 
Yeah. Um, and, and you guys are no different either, uh, yep. you know, in the equipment world. So, yep. Yep. And I'll think I'll, uh, you know, I'll talk about this one last point here. And we'll wrap it up, but you know, you watch the podcast and, and on the video side of it, there's a really nice excellent course that comes out the front of that. And, and towards the tail end of that, you're talking about your custom made um, wheel options or, or uh, well, yeah, your wheel options and what that looks like. And kind of going back to your, to your Hagee situation that you talked about a little bit earlier, having that flexibility for you guys being able to make those, those rims and, and wheels, um, really goes a long ways in, in making sure that you get those custom applications done, but also just to run the mill stuff that maybe some of these things you can't, you can't find in out there because of supply issues or just because of it's so new that you don't have, you know, the, the option's not there yet. Yeah. Uh, um, there's a new video out. I would encourage you guys to uh, go check out it, find it on LinkedIn with about CFI. And there's a segment in there of Steve talking about, um, you know, coming up with solutions and answers for, for customers. And, you know, we've, we've seen a, a center pulled out of a John Deere wheel and put into a rim for a case and different things that we've had to, you know, to make stuff work. Um, but yeah, I mean, having uh, some flexibility there, um, you always have a guy that's going to try something new that, you know, there isn't an option out there to order from Deere or from the factory. Um, that he has an idea about something he wants to try. He wants to lower a machine or raise a machine or widen one out. And yeah, um, yeah we, we have, if, if it can be done, we'll certainly try to figure out a way to do it. Right on. Okay. Mike, you got any last thoughts you want to throw out there before we jump over to Paige? Not that I can think of. All right. Clint, anything else you want to put out there? No, it's been fun, Casey, as always. Appreciate your support and, partnership with axon and look forward to the uh upcoming event later this year yeah me too and i appreciate you guys too it's i love i love our partnership i think it's a i think it's a lot of fun and we get a lot of a lot of good stuff out of it so Paige, it's my favorite part of the podcast right here what uh Thank what's you. this week's or this month's uh giveaway so this month's giveaway we are we still have a lot of axon desk pads hanging around um our headquarters so we're gonna do some more axon desk pads and i wish i had one here to show you they're, they're pretty cool i mean oh clint's got one great if you're watching you can see what clint's got but yeah. they're great size they've got um remind me clint they have our speed rating and load index and different types of tires yeah, the, on there. The, the different tread patterns the metric yeah. to standard conversion table um, load, yeah, load and speed index. Yeah. All the good cool. information. Yeah. A lot of really helpful tools. So well, that's your, that's your giveaway for the month. I like it. I like those desk pads. They're, they're very nice. Yeah. Very they're nice. nice. All right, Paige, anything else you want to throw out before we shut down? Um, I don't think so. I think these guys did a good job covering it, but, um, just to enter the giveaway, you can go ahead and, um, email your name and then your shipping address to marketing at axontire.com. And if you do that, we'll get one sent to you. Awesome. So check that I out. I tell you what though, we haven't figured out a good way to send those desk pads yet. They're so awkward to ship because they just don't fit in a box, but yeah. we'll, we'll get it figured out. Right on. That'll work. Okay. Well, Paige, Mike and Clint, I really appreciate you guys. And uh, thanks for all that you do for me over here at the Moving Iron Podcast and look forward to seeing you guys in Nashville. Yep. Thanks. Take care. Thank Thanks, you. Kate.
Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and see the video version of this over on the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel, which is cleverly named the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. It's really well thought out there. So check that out. Mm-hmm. If you want to get more information about Moving Iron, go to movingironllc.com. We can find everything Moving Iron related and all the information for the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee. September 11th through the 13th. Um, it is downtown Hilton there, right on the uh, right on the old strip. So only good things can come from that. So check that out if you want to go down there and have some fun and uh, do some networking. So check that out. So uh, if you uh, want to get a hold of me, go to Moving Iron uh, Podcast at MovingIronPodcast.com and I will answer whatever question you might have. So get back to you there. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Paige, Clint, Mike. Let's move some iron, folks. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's IronComps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hard working.